Good evening, and welcome to Panthers Cast, the Panthers podcast. We are four friends in four corners of the country that get together every week, stand and cheer for the Panthers. In Charleston, South Carolina, is Sean. Hey, everybody. What an amazing end to the season for the Panthers. And I can't wait to look back at how we did this year as a Panthers cast, because I got to assume that overall we did a better job than the team. Let's go. In New Orleans, Louisiana, John is in the town of the first four-time NFC South or consecutive NFC South champions, uh, New Orleans. Indeed, I am here. I want to emphasize what Sean said. It's an end to the season, so I am ready to recap, move on, and get started with 2021 because it can't get much worse. And on Capitol Hill, I'm sure everyone saw a lot of pictures and videos of people storming the building today. And uh, not a lot of videos were taken of, of those people um, getting ushered out of the building. Um, and that's because it was not suitable for um, all audiences. And it's because Robo beat them all up. They're just a, a tattered and battered mess. So that, that's what Ro- Robo was up to this afternoon. I can't believe you've, uh, you've thrown me in the middle of that. What, what a sad day. Um, let's talk about the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I'm not sure what was the bigger uh, mess this week in the last couple of days. Um, but uh, I'm Trip in Charlotte. I was not in Section 204 this week, where the Panthers had a very sad end to their season. 33-7 loss to the Saints. I think the best thing that happened in that game was the Saints didn't wear those really ugly all-white uniforms. And uh, Trip, they, they you love those all-white uniforms. No, I like the color rush. I don't like the regular, just like... Oh, the regular whites. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, 33-7 to loss. Teddy pooped his pants, and then everyone was saying, put in P.J. Walker. He's a lot better than Teddy. And then P.J. Walker threw three interceptions in, in less than a half of work, so... I told you that was well, going to happen, though. I, to- I called that's that. that's the recap, uh, I think all has been said, and we could just move on to the next topic, right? Yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, like I said, I called that over-under on how many unders, uh, uh, how many uh, turnovers Teddy would have because I said they would put in P.J. Walker. So, speaking of over-unders, we did over-unders yeah, all season long. John, That's a, that's a perfect that. segue, Sean. That's a perfect segue, Sean. So, uh, spoiler alert, this is the end-of-season recap episode. So, we're going to... You know, we're going to bring our minds back to about four months ago when we did our preseason predictions. And um, I've got, I've been keeping track all season. And, and, you know, before the season started, we all said, hey, we're probably not going to be very good. Um, and we all, each of us predicted every game before the season even started. And um, I am proud to announce that both Robo and Sean predicted, successfully predicted 5 and 11. Trip and I predicted 6 and 10. So, you get the props for that, guys. Um, but I will say, when you, we looked at each individual game, Trip was actually right more on which games, which were the games we were going to win. He, uh, for the 16 games, he predicted 13 of them correctly. Sean and Robo got 12 of them, and I only got nine. So, boo-hoo. But, Sean and Robo, you're ultimately correct. Five and 11, you, take, you both take the victories on that one. Robo, how do you? How does it feel to to join me in uh, being correct about our misery? There's no one that I would want to be more pessimist with. <laughs> and uh, then, if you've been following along Panthers Cast every week, um, which I know you have, you know that every every week we end 
with our over-unders and then our final score predictions. And usually they're, you know, one for the offense, one for the defense, one for the, you know, for the opposing team, and then one silly one. And uh, so I've been keeping track of those, too, every week. And um, because as the season went, we, you know, we skipped a game. You know, I missed a game. We had a, a couple of us had to miss some games. We each had a different number of predictions. But I will say that uh, I tallied the correct and incorrect predictions. And on the season, um, I'm going to go by winning percentages. So I'm going to give you a three-digit number. Uh, John, that's me. I predicted, I hit on 537 of my predictions. 537. And, Congratulations. Uh, that, 50%. That put, me, that put me in last place. Nice. Yeah. Sean. Sean was next. He's at 556. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, you, indeed, you don't, indeed. Don't, don't mm-hmm. jump straight to the top. Go go from bottom to, to top. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I missed a couple. Um, so next was Robo with 576. And if you're following along at home, I kid you not, Trip was the winner and his record was 577. So again, if you're following along at home, that's Trip with the 577, Robo with the 576, which, uh, so Trip, Trip takes that one, but... There's a twist. There's a twist. Seems like a little biased to me. The guy creating the over-unders gets the best percentage. Gets the best percentage. Exactly, exactly. There's a twist, though. And the twist is, again, thinking back to the beginning of the season, we each predicted two very bold predictions. And I'll, I'll give you guys a reminder of those. Mine, uh, mine were all, they were all very wrong. Um, I predicted on defense, uh, Shaq and Tahir Whitehead would have a whole bunch of stats, tackles, forced fumbles, interceptions, all that. That clearly didn't work out. Tahir Whitehead did nothing. And I predicted Teddy Bridgewater would have a great breakout year. And he, in fact, did not. So those are all wrong. Um, Sean predicted us to have a top 5-0 but a bottom 5-D. And those were both wrong. Um, but I'll give him, you know, give him, give him a little credit. He, he also predicted that uh, Jeremy Chin would be our next star defensive player in that that is definitely true. Uh, tr- and for those top five and bottom five O and D, I looked those up earlier, and I'm pretty sure we were about 17 to 20 for both our offense and defense. Classic so, Panthers being absolutely mediocre and yeah. continue to not grow and also not bad enough to improve. Exactly. Uh, Trip predicted that uh, Curtis Samuel would be traded by the end of the season. He said, we're going to feed him in a contract year. And we did, in fact, feed him. We fed him a lot, especially towards the end of the season. We didn't trade him, though. And then he predicted Brian Burns to have double-digit sacks. And he had nine. And and that includes nothing in the last game. So that's a miss. And the only person with his bold predictions to predict them right was, in fact, Robo. He predicted two wide receivers to have over 800 yards. We had two over 1,000. And he predicted 10 forced fumbles by the D. And I believe we had 13, 13, 14, 15, something like that. So, Trip won the season game-by-game predictions over and unders. But Robo got his bold predictions. So, I don't know how you guys want to slice those. But uh, I think the takeaway from that is that I am the absolute worst uh, predictor of Panthers football. That's, that's pretty much it. I got last place in everything, so boo-hoo me. 
the, the secret about my bold predictions is that they weren't that very, they weren't bold. very bold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm looking at John's and he's got, you know, six or eight stats for each one that he has to hit. And I'm like, yeah, two guys are going to catch the ball a lot this year. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we went over these, when you said two wide receivers over 800. And I was like, oh, man, I was going to predict two wide receivers over 1,000, but you already did one, so I'm not going to do it. And if I had done that, I would have gotten one right. But alas. How close was Samuel to having 800 yards? He had over 800. We had three receivers over 800. He was at 851. Whew. So, which is crazy, how Sean, how we did not have a top 5-0 when we had all that production. Um, well, we had basically nothing from the tight end position and – that's true. We have nothing from the tight end position, and we had uh, those three guys that all went over 800, two of them over 1,000, had a combined 10 touchdowns on the season, which is not good. That's not good, no. Not good at all. That's not good. So the, the reason our offense was not very good is we, we put up some statistics but then couldn't actually score. So our it, red zone big performance problem. was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't good. But it was. I would, I would say that, you know, the – Four guys over a thousand yards uh, from scrimmage, that was good. Jeremy Chin setting records left and right, that was good. Um, you know, with Chase Young's uh, way he came on at the end of the season, I don't know if the voters are gonna put Chin as the D Roy, especially because Washington's in the playoffs. But he definitely had a season for the ages, and he's going to be a leader. He's probably gonna have a C. Um, so yeah, very proud of Chin. Very proud of uh, Robbie and DJ, and, and really proud of Samuel. You know, everybody has been saying every year, there's just so much potential. It's just we got to unlock it. And I think they finally did over the last, you know, six games or so. Yeah, I definitely put that as one of the positive things I took away. I mean, I, I thought our receivers were, were very solid considering that Teddy Bridgewater was the one trying to throw him the ball. You know, he seemed okay at first and that did not peter out. But I, the big growth from Samuel is huge. Um, I, I've been a, I've been a, Curtis Samuel kind of hater a little bit and um, especially when they were putting him in at running back earlier this season I don't really still don't approve of that decision but I, I will say even though DJ Moore led our team in receiving yards with uh, 1193 I was honestly really underwhelmed with his performance on the season so okay he had 1100 yards receiving right and he led the team with a whopping four touchdowns but he also was third, almost fourth on the team in catches. I guess he just had some, you know, some bombs on the on the that he was catching. But he was supposed to be, I mean, he was he was supposed to be a breakout number one guy. And I while he technically led the team in yards, I would not say that he was like a clear number one receiver for the Panthers this year. I mean, Robbie Anderson had thirty more catches than he did. Like Teddy was going to to um, to Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel a lot more than he went to to DJ Moore. Now DJ got more yards, but he was not the guy that Teddy was going to. And if you're if you're going to be the number one receiver, you got to be the guy that the quarterback is going to. Yeah, you're right, Sean. And I was just quick looking this up. DJ Moore was third in the league in yards per catch uh, with eighteen point one. So he's getting eighteen yards every catch. And so I mean that speaks to you know you talk about his yak ability, which was what they were talking about coming out of the draft, and then you talk about the long bombs, and he had a lot. He had a lot of deep catches that were really good. Um, so he proved that he can be that deep threat. He can get that yak. Um, but he, he, you're right. He wasn't the guy that Joe Brady was going to. That that Bridgewater was going to with every play. That was 
honestly, that was Curtis Samuel by the end of the year. That was Curtis Samuel. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was it was Samuel, and 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 not and not to say that DJ did bad. He did not do bad. He just yeah, he had a great he, year. He had a good year. He just did not do what was expected of him. I think, and what I would have expected, and I think what most people thought that he would be. He was not the go to guy, the go to wide receiver this season. But you know, uh, somehow we still managed to keep games close, uh, even you know, even though our offense wasn't doing good and our overall our defense was was not good um but you know some more positives i saw on that you know in, in that sense is you know we saw we saw burns continue to grow a lot uh this year when he was when he was on the field which was good and, and like i said i you know i hit on that chin um bold prediction chin possible defensive rookie of the year you know you can't ask for better than that from a second round pick and Derek brown also quietly solid on the defensive line, not like, you know, not popping out, not making the gigantic, you know, force fumble touchdown plays like chin, but solid, solid performance. It was funny. Everyone was giving him crap, you know, like towards the end of the season, cause he didn't have any sacks. And then I think in the last couple of weeks, he basically brought his sack numbers up to, you know, pr- being pretty respectable for a defensive tackle. So yeah, pretty solid rookie year for, for Brown. Yeah, and I would say that that's not his job. He's not Aaron Donald. He's not, you know, prime KK Short. His job is to eat up space in the middle, be a big fat dude. And then we've got, you know, Brian Burns on the outside on the edge, who's a legitimate, legitimate star. I think he was a Pro Bowl snub, and I think he'll be, he'll get those honors uh, as his career goes on. And so Brown's job is not to, to, to get 15 sacks. It's to eat up that space contain guys like Dalvin Cook um, and let Burns get on the edge and terrorize. And I think he did that. And so that that's a really positive takeaway. And, Sean, that it's one that I think was kind of under underappreciated as the season was going. We saw defense get better. We saw we've got legit stars with Burns and Chin. I do believe Brown had a good, a good rookie year. And so if we can, you know, hit on a couple more uh, defensive either – picks or free agents our defense will probably round out to be a, a stronger part of our team as as we move on yeah i mean burns definitely started kind of becoming the corner he was he was the cornerstone of our like pass rush team um he yeah. led the team in sacks with nine you know who had who came in second on the team in sacks this season fa fa with five and a half it wasn't even close like he you know considering that he got cut at the beginning of the year that's pretty solid performance. And a guy that did not, you know, he wasn't a starter. He did not play every snap. Like, he had a lot of production when he was on the field. I think he earned Almost his roster a spot. Too. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. And, uh, you know, it's we're not going to think like, oh, we need Stephen Weatherly, you know, or, or, or some of these, you know, journeymen. It's like, no, we've got a guy who can who can play that edge spot across Brian Burns in F.A. Obata and you know Itor Gross Matos didn't really do much he was hurt and whatnot so we'd like to see him grow but I, I think we can have the foundation for our defense I think we do have it and uh, it's just going to be filling in the gaps now yeah this this offseason is going to be interesting with which guys we sign back and which guys we don't I mean one guy I would like to sign back who I thought was solid all year long and I don't think is going to be very expensive is Reswell Douglas he had a I thought he had a pretty good season overall, um, especially coming in late in camp last year and a limited camp as it was. Um, you know, I thought he was, I thought he performed very, very well. 
The game I remember being really mad at him was the Broncos game, but, you know, that happens with all defensive backs, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to keep getting burned. And, I mean, guys like Corn Elder got burned again over and over again this year, even after they continue to be terrible every single year. Um, you know, trying to look for the positives. I mean, another negative, Trey Boston, get him out of here. Absolute garbage. But, you know, I, I mean, we have some bright spots. Overall, you look at the defense, and I, I would I'd be the first to tell you, I feel like the defense was trash this year, and the defense is what caused us to be held back all year. But at the same time, like, there are some bright spots there. We have young guys on cheap contracts in Burns and Chin and Brown. And, like, like we, I think we can get Douglas back for fairly cheap. You know, Dante, for what it's worth, I mean, not great, but he did, you know, have a few interceptions this year. He's still kind of just that guy that gets picks and has a couple flashes but isn't great. But we have some pieces. The problem is just the structure isn't there, and we don't have – we still just don't have that secondary to actually keep teams from airing it out all day long. What's up, Robo? Oh, I was going to say, um, you're talking about those, uh, you know, we've got much better defense than we had, you know, at the end of last season. But um, those guys are really fast, too. I mean, Brian Burns. Yeah, they're young. They're young and they're fast. And I also think that the coaching is playing up to that. And so... I'd be interesting to see the breakdown between offensive and defensive for this year's draft. Yeah, that's the thing that is kind of crazy to think about as we went into this year really excited about all the pieces on offense. And I'm trying to think about a young player that we have locked up for a long time that kind of showed flashes here and that I'm excited about. I'm kind of drawing a blank right now. You said on offense? I mean... Christian McCaffrey's locked up. And he's pretty young. Yeah, but he's only like he's, 24. He's like, what, four years in the league and he's a running back? So, yeah, I, yeah, I know. How, how much more time does he have left, really? Yeah, yeah I mean, you're know, talking about people that we're not impressed with on offense. I am, I'm over. Get it done. Start over. Ian Thomas. Yeah. Bye bye. Yeah. Out of here. Yeah. This dude has had so many chances. He had years with Greg Olson. He's had years without him now. Or a year without him now. Get him out. He can't do anything. He caught nothing all year long. He can't block. He can't catch. He's garbage. Get him out. We need a tight end. Yeah, that that was a, a big takeaway is that we had all these bright spots uh, with our you know our skill players, our our receivers and running backs. But yeah, tight end position was honestly I don't even know if they got a hundred yards total combined. Man hurts and Ian Thomas this season. Wasn't Manhurts the first interception, or excuse me, the first touchdown for the Panthers this year? I don't know. I don't remember. I think he was. But let's see. Um, you, did you say you don't think they got a 100 yards receiving total? Yeah. yeah. They came in at 197 total. Ah, so not 200. 26, wow. catch, 26 total catches, 197 yards. One touchdown between. I guarantee the two of you, them. there was a two-game stretch, two consecutive game stretch where Greg Olson had more than 200 yards, and they didn't do that combined. Two players over 16 games. Yeah, well, here's don't forget for what, about Colin Thompson. He had that touchdown. He did have that touchdown. Him. He did. Yeah, for for what it's worth, Christian McCaffrey played three games this year, and he had four more receiving yards than Ian Thomas did. <laughs> so, so one of the things to to think about moving forward is if you know how disappointing the offensive scheme was but there's been rumors all over the place today 
that uh, Joe Brady is making his way around all the head coaching interviews for all the vacancies. Yeah. And a lot of Panthers fans are thinking to themselves, is this a bad thing? Is this a good thing? Should we be mad about this? So I wouldn't say that it's a good or a bad thing. But what I don't understand is how he's getting all of these interviews. Like we knew when when we hired him, he was already like when we got him as the offensive coordinator, everybody was already calling him the next Sean McVay, the, ne- the next Cliff Kingsbury. He was going to be the next golden boy. He was going to be the next young head coach around the league. But he has he had no NFL experience except for that one like assistant to the assistant general general manager. Uh uh, you know, in 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 New Orleans, and now he's got one season with the Panthers, but it was not a good season. So there was no like real. This is something else I wrote down. But like one thing I was very disappointed in is that there was very little innovation in the offense this year. Like between Rule and and Brady, and I know Triple roll his eyes because he said like we're not supposed to be doing trick plays every game, every every game. Like I know that, but every, like there wasn't any sort of like big offensive juggernaut look to the team at any point. And I know you have to you know deal with the players that you got, but Brady didn't have a good offense. I'm not sure why he's getting five head coaching interviews after one mediocre year in the league. I would say. So would go ahead, Trip. Sorry, go, go ahead, Trip. Well, I was gonna wrap that up, so go ahead and say what you're. Uh, I was gonna just say that I, I think it's more of a, a fait accompli. It was they assumed that he would be this, you know, great guru. And John then, can speak French because he lives in New Orleans. <laughs> and then he comes out, and you know, he has Christian McCaffrey for only what three games for the entire season, but he still got four guys over a thousand yards. From scrimmage, and they say, "Oh, well, clearly he can get the best. He can make the best of a of a rough situation, you know, missing his main guy." But and the ironic thing about that is, if we had Chris McCaffrey, there wouldn't be, you know, there would be no Mike Davis. Uh, Curtis Samuel's not getting those rushing plays, you know. So it's that they just assumed that he would, and then when there was like one thing that they could, you know, latch onto and say, "But see, look, he did a good job with what he had. Let's give him an interview." I don't know if we're go- if he's going to get the job, and I don't know if we should be happy or sad. It's just a thing that happened. So, Trip, that's all I got to say about that. So, so just to go back in a time time capsule a little bit, there is one former Panthers offensive coordinator that got a head coaching job after one season, and his name was Rod Chudzinski. He was the offensive coordinator Cam Newton's first year, and he was fired after his one year on the Browns. Yeah, I mean, if I had to, be, if I was a betting man, I don't think he's going to get one of these jobs that he's interviewing for. I'm just surprised that he's got five interviews, but um, I, I don't actually think he's going to get one. But Chud, so if, bad example. If, if if you could wave a magic wand and determine what he was going to be doing next year, would you have him be the Panthers' offensive coordinator, or are you so unimpressed with his? Um, you know, possibility to be a successful head coach that you would prefer him to be the Falcons head coach next year. <laughs> Through a twist at the end, uh, Sean and I are shaking our heads. Yes, we want to we want to keep him as OC, um, but I didn't anticipate that twist of having him lead the Falcons. Yeah, I want to keep him. I, I like I said, I didn't think he did a bad job, and he he's this is his first year essentially in the NFL. Like for what it was worth, it was fine. 
I just I'm just surprised he get he's getting as much attention. But I yeah I think he's going to continue to grow, um, and I would like to see that as the offensive coordinator. I assumed when we hired him that we would get three years out of him, uh, and so I. I still think that he's on a path for that. I don't think he's going to get one of these jobs this year. So I would like to see him as the as the OC next year. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised too. I thought he wouldn't really get these looks until you know we had made the playoffs or something like that. And obviously we didn't do that this season. But um, you know we've we've kind of wrapped up the things we liked and didn't like about the season so far. So uh, let's let's clear our minds a little bit with a palate cleanser and, and play a little trivia for, um, I think Sean has the question today. Yeah, I dominated last week, so uh, I got the question this week. Uh, but I'm going to throw it out to y'all. Uh, who, do y'all want a, uh, do, y'all, do y'all want me to phrase this question in a ranking? Do you want a ranking question or do you want a pick the player question? Ranking. Ranking. Sure. All ranking. right. So... Four players threw at least one pass for the Panthers this season. Rank them in order of passer rating. Bonus, do you want me to give you the players, or do you want to try to guess them all? I I, think I know three for sure off the top of my head. All right, let's see if John can get a bonus point by naming the four players, and then we'll rank uh, them in order. The four, oh, so, I mean, I can tell you three were Bridgewater... P.J. Walker and Joseph Charlton. Um, the fourth player to throw a pass. The fourth player to throw a pass was D.J. Moore. Oh, D.J. Moore. So rank them in order of passer rating on the season. All right. Oh, man. Because Charlton, he had that one really nice fourth down uh i don't i don't think that's going to be worth very much so i'm going to go bridgewater charlton walker more okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go charlton as the top one because i know he didn't have any interceptions so charlton bridgewater walker more Okay, I Robo. Think Moore's was an incompletion. I'm gonna say I'm gonna agree with John. Bridgewater, PJ Walker, Charlton, and then Moore. Okay. Well that wasn't what John said, but Oh it isn't. Uh, <laughs> but doesn't matter. Uh Trip was correct in all aspects. Joseph Charlton was the best passer rating on the Panthers this season, followed by Terry Two Hands, PJ Walker, and DJ Moore was in last place because he had one pass that was incomplete. He had a 39, 39.0, right? 39.6 ranking 6. rating. Uh, PJ, with all of his many interceptions, was a 45.8 passer rating on the season. Terry Two Hands came in at 92.1, which is, I don't think, very good for a complete season. Uh, and Joseph Charlton had a 118.8 for his one 28-yard completion on fourth down. So, trip. You win trivia for next season's debut. I don't think we'll do it next week, but whenever we whenever we do the, the draft episode or whatever, I'll do it. So I knew Bridgewater was in the 90s, and he didn't have the, this great year, but I wouldn't know that one first down gets you a 118. 
It was a big uh, first I, down. 28 I yards. Like 85 or something. But it did big no first touchdown. Down. Like, <laughs> but, you know, hey, there you go. Joseph Charlton, best pass from the Panthers this year. I mean, you'd think that I remember DJ in Moore college I had zero. to build a quarterback calculator or quarterback rating calculator. And I remember that interceptions really kill the rating. So someone that doesn't have any blemishes like that is going to be doing pretty well. Yeah, I thought uh, the P.J. Walker stat was an interesting one, that he was very, very bad passer rating of 45. He he came in, he he looked okay uh, for a pass or two here and there, but he his stats were uh, very bad this year. I was looking at him, I think he had... Um, he had what, one touchdown and five picks or something like that? He had He only attempted 56 passes and had, uh, yeah, had five interceptions. So... That's a tenth of his passes were interceptions. That's not, not good. Not, not that's good. That's not going to get it done. When teams are throwing the ball 500 times a year, that's not going to cut it. So uh, yesterday afternoon, I believe it was, the Panthers put out a press release and said, these are all of the individuals that we have interviewed for the open general manager position. And there were some you know, pretty big names on there, but they, uh, they actually left out four uh, pretty big names from that list of folks that they've interviewed for the GM position. And uh, those folks are Sean, John, Robo, and Tripp. We've all had an interview with, with Matt Rule and David Tepper. And as a uh, part of our interview, they asked us, you know, other than the quarterback position, which is obvious, what is the first position you guys, or you, sorry, not guys, because we're not going to take the job together. What is the position that you are going to try hardest to upgrade in the offseason? Easy tight end. We need we need a better tight end. Um, you know the current guy is just not doing it, and um, you know huge, huge gaping hole in our offensive line. So, or excuse me, not the offensive line, just the in the offense. Well, Robo, I'll I'll piggyback on you and say, I I also think it's easy, and I'm gonna say it's left tackle. Mm. It's left tackle, and yeah, that's that's what's gonna keep whoever is you know taking the ball from the center going to keep that player upright going to keep him doing well making good passes not making bad decisions and um you know i'm going to cheat a little bit and say well, we also need to take care of the right tackle position moten that's going to cost us about 18 million dollars a year but the first position that i upgrade is left tackle yeah i mean right now based on i think it was yesterday's news uh i my first immediate impact day one would be negate that joey sly extension and get us a a new kicker, but, um, you know, I mean, you guys took the, the big ones. I mean, obviously most people would say quarterback, but, uh, I'll just continue to harp what I always harp and I would upgrade, uh, either the safety or cornerback position. We don't have a safety. Trey Boston is not the answer. And thanks do- for taking two options there. Sean. Okay. Well, I, I said <laughs> I would take, or, but, uh, they already went, you didn't ask yourself the question. Sean's answer was kicker, fine. safety, and corner. <laughs> hey, you know, that's the problems that we have. You know what? Fine. I will say we need a lockdown corner. When I answered the question, I was determined to distinguish myself from Marty Herney. And uh, the thing that's always made me crazy over the years is that the man will never invest in the safety position. He's always linebacker, linebacker, linebacker. And the game is different these days on defense. You don't see these pro sets all the time where there's two running backs and a tight end and the game being played inside of a box. It worked out well for us with some of the linebackers we drafted recently, i.e. Luke. 
but I believe that the most important position on the defense has shifted from middle linebacker to a strong safety position, and we have rarely, if ever, had an elite playmaker at that spot. So never. Whether never. it is enticing a free agent that can come in and really solidify the position for a number of years or identifying a player in the draft, or the third option would be switch Jeremy Chin into playing strong safety and that have be his home for the next several years. But whatever that option is, I want to solidify that spot because I think it's the most important position on the defense with all the spread looks that, that are uh, dominating the league right now. I obviously wholeheartedly agree since I said safety or cornerback, but isn't Chin's natural position safety? Yes, it That's is. That's what he was in college, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love the the highlight reel plays that he got this year lining up as a, a linebacker just or just an edge blitz or whatever, you know, kind of weird package he was in. But, yeah, I mean, if he can if he can show any sort of flash of the potential at strong safety that he was showing in lining up at linebacker, then – Absolutely. All for that. Put him back there. Um, but it's, yes, continued weakness and that I really think our new general manager needs to look at that entire, I keep saying this, but look at the entire secondary over and over. Not just a fine tooth comb, just a rake. Get a rake out there and just <laughs> clean house. Bring us in a new secondary. And then the, the second question that uh, Matt and, and Dave asked us during the, our respective interviews, we weren't in there together, was on your first day that you're general manager, we're going to give you a pink slip and you need to go down right to the locker room right now and you need to kick someone that's under contract this year off the team right now. Who's that going to be? Dude, oh my gosh, this is so easy. I, I didn't even have to take a second to think about it when uh, Big Money Tepper asked me this question. Clearly, it's KK Short. Get him off the team. Get that money. Now, as a general manager, you got to be smart. You got to designate your post-June 1st cuts, and that's going to be KK Short. And it's going to give us back $14.5 million of cap space. I don't even I, – I hope you're not even interviewing anybody else because that's clearly the answer. Post-June 1st, KK Short, $14.5 million. And um, then you go get that safety or whoever else. I don't care who, but you just get him off the team. Well, technically, I already answered when I said I would uh, negate Joey Sly's contract and, and get rid of him. Uh, so, but since I already said that, I will uh, I will throw back around with one more, and this is an easy one to me. Uh, and this is to not give Mike Davis that big contract that Marty Herney was edging to give to Mike Davis. Just let him go. Bye bye, son. You you were fine. I appreciate your work, but you did nothing that Ronnie Smith couldn't do. Um, you know, he had some some solid performances at the end of the season when he was coming He had our in, only points uh, in the Saints game. Exactly. He That's one of those situations. Your backup running back when Christian McCaffrey is your starting running back, you don't need to invest any money in, in your backup running back. They're all going to be virtually the same. It's all going to be one ha half dozen or – What's it called? Six or one half Six, dozen? Six or one half dozen a year. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing. Do not go out there and give him money because he put up some stats this season. Herney was definitely going to give him a $60 million contract. Goodbye. Just walk away. Let's start younger. No need for the old. All right. It would be easy for me to say Ian Thomas, so I'm going to pick someone different. I'm going to say Trey Boston. Get rid of the free safety and, you know, 
force yourself to go in a new direction for your secondary. I want Will Greer out of here just because he's from Charlotte <laughs> and looks like a Geico caveman doesn't mean he needs to be on the team. Which makes me so mad. We had glaring holes on the roster last year, and he got picked in the third round, and he can't even make the dress squad two years in the league. He should be the backup quarterback, and he, he can't even do that. So, Well, I believe I told you all similarly. Send him out of town. Similarly, in our chat on Sunday, I believe I said my bold prediction right now was that no Panthers quarterback currently on the roster is going to be on the roster on opening day next year. Cool. That is bold. It is bold. Considering Bridgewater. Bridgewater is the only one that I'm concerned about. I do not think that Greer is going to continue. He was worthless. He was basically not on the team this season. Yeah, I think he'll be cut. Honestly, yeah. I think he'll be cut. PJ did not show that he could do anything at all. The only reason Teddy would be around is because of what we already gave him in terms of a contract. And if we're going to go in the direction of signing a, or uh, drafting a rookie this year in the draft... They're going to say, we got to have somebody else on the team. We can't bring in a rookie quarterback in the draft in the top in the, with the eighth pick and then sign some other random guy that's never played for the team before. That's the only saving grace I think that Teddy has. But bold prediction, none of them are around. Oh, and that also goes I, I for think... Tommy Stevens. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I, I thought he had a chance. I, I think Teddy, Teddy's going to be back next year just because he uh, he kind of lends himself well into being one of those, you know, mentor and eventually giving the reins to the to the young quarterback kind of guys. And that's um, what I think it'll be. I'm I'm really hoping that's the situation we'll be in next year. If if he's the the answer at quarterback next year, I think um, myself and a lot of other people are going to be pretty disappointed. So, um. That's what I told uh, Dave and uh, Matt during my interview, too. So, yeah. And last thing, um, just because we like to have a little fun with the last question, you're also in charge, because um, you have the general manager in charge of everything, if you can add one more menu item to the game day experience at Bank of America Stadium, what would you, what would you put in the concession stand? Oh, my goodness. It's, it's a fun question, and all that's on my mind right now, this is something that clearly – would not, could not, cannot happen. But uh, today is Epiphany, and living down here in New Orleans, today is the first day that king cakes are sold. It's king cake season. No. I went out, I went out to no. the store. I got my king cake, and you know what we're going to do? We're going to do that specifically just to make them a little mad, just to make them a little mad because they're real good. Guys, they're really good, and I like them, and I eat them every day. So that's Choke what on I the want. Baby, I want to put them in there. Choke I want to the say baby. we're taking it back for the NFC South. All right. Well, I told them that my opinion was that the Carolina Panthers continue to to really just be the Charlotte Panthers, the North Carolina Panthers, still not showing any real love to South Carolina. Maybe they will in a couple of years when they get their practice facility and headquarters situated in Rock Hill. But right now, still not showing a lot of love to South Carolina. Rock I'm, going, I'm going to bring the Charleston River Dogs minor league baseball team staple up to Charlotte, the River Dog. It is a 12-inch hot dog with pimento cheese, bacon, and pickled okra and we're bringing that up there it's dope trust me i eat them all the time that except for really the season good. they got canceled but i eat them all the time they're delicious bring them up south carolina represent 
All right. I'm going to say this because it's going to make all of y'all angry, but I'm going to say lobster rolls. I don't know why. I'm just hankering for lobster rolls. <laughs> you know how much a lobster roll would cost at a football game in in $52. North Carolina? <laughs> that That's the joke, Sean. It'd be a $52 <laughs> lobster roll. Robo with no regard for dollar signs. <laughs> what you got, Trip? I'm going to go with something crazy. How about like a Chinese food burrito? Go with some, some fusion there. Well, that sounds uh, that sounds pretty trashy. So that sounds like that will work. Sesame chicken or general yeah. so. I'm thinking I'm thinking both. Like if you're just want a traditional kind of thing, you go with the sesame. But if you're a spice fiend like I am, you go for the general so's. Yeah, give me that so's. Uh, uh, well, anyway, um, I think we all gave a good um, presentation to the leadership of the Panthers, and hopefully, at least one of us will be getting a call back so that we can. Um, you know, get our foot in the door on the GM spot and um, we'll hopefully provide better direction to the team than they had these last couple of years that we've done Panthers cast. And next year we could be talking about a playoff game a year from now. Wouldn't that be exciting? Well, um, we appreciate everyone that's listened to us every week and um, hopefully we'll be back to you in the next couple of weeks when something happens. But until then, enjoy the break. We'll be hankering for Panthers football soon. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Happy New Year. Goodbye.